Hi, and welcome to another episode of Nothing to Hide. My name is Kevin. And on today's episode, we're going to discuss the impacts of social media. We all know that many of us are, I would say, victims or fall very vulnerable to the enticement of social media. Uh, we went from multiple generations of uh, from my day, Asian Avenue, to uh, communication programs like MSN Messenger, to uh, I think there was one that was called uh, ICQ, and we had, uh, oh, what's that called? Not Facebook, but the other version of that, uh, it escapes me. And, uh, and then we had Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we're now in the dawn of uh, TikTok. So for those of you, well, all of you, I'm sure, that are on these social media apps, you need to understand that these apps are to be used as tools, such as a hammer is used to hammer down a nail. You want to leverage these apps to help you obtain information, um, get some education, insight, so on and so forth. The problem that's stemming out of these uh, social media today is that we're becoming addicted to it. And many of you are aware of it, but you're not taking measures or steps to protect yourselves from the harm that could also come from these tools like social media, also like a hammer. Um, so the point I want to get across today are some techniques in which you could distance yourself or separate yourself in such a way where you're not so attached to your uh, respective social media app. So we live in a time where a lot of people are revealing the amount of mental health problems or challenges they're experiencing. Um, I think it's a good time um, to express uh, your challenges with mental health. I have my own challenges with mental health. And we live in an era where it's not frowned upon or you're not going to be isolated because you experience anxiety or depression or anger issues, what have you. It's almost become not normalized, but a little bit more accepted today than I would say, you know, 5, 10, 20, 50 years ago. That being said, I feel like there's more people that are comfortable admitting to anxiety or that are also being affected by way of social media that's exacerbating their anxiety. So uh, as far as not becoming addicted and not being a victim to social media, um, it's important that you, again, look at social media as a tool. And I'm going to explain, in my own opinion, why social media is exacerbating the anxiety and, and a lot of the problems that people experience. So social media companies 
make money based on the amount of time you spend on social media. They get money from companies that will pay for advertisements. Facebook is undergoing a huge boycott right now from large corporations because they're unable to screen or filter out a lot of um, right-wing narratives. And so huge companies, I think Coca-Cola led the way by pulling out of their uh, advertisements for one month and then um, Canadian banks followed suit, Lululemon, so on and so forth. Now, it's a really interesting um, like setup that social media has. They have to do almost, they actually have to do no content or no information. A lot of it is actually, you are all providing the content for Facebook. So it's a community and therefore you continuously go on to check your friends, Instagram post or Facebook post or TikTok videos, Twitter feeds, and you contribute, you can, you can do whatever you like, but then you're exposed to advertisement. Now you take like a, a 12 year old and you introduce them to social media and you, for the most part, can't really control what they're going to be able to see. Because, for example, if they have mutual friends and those mutual friends don't have perhaps any filters or any means of limiting um, the content that they're putting out there, your 12-year-old can be exposed to adult content or adult narratives or adult situations that might that are likely not appropriate for that 12-year-old. And what's happening is, yeah, sure that 12-year-old might be interested in sports or might be interested in like um, animals or nature or science or what have you, but they're also exposed to everything else. And you could only imagine our brains are still tied to a very primitive form of our ancestors living in, um, uh, we're still thinking from a hunter-gatherer perspective, hence why we have our amygdala that is triggered to um, release hormones that will compel us to fight or flight and so on and so forth. And so oftentimes I hear and I read that a lot of people that suffer from anxiety are not actually exposed to physical harm, like um, a bear is not chasing after them or they're not at risk of, you know, being harmed, but yet they're experiencing anxiety. And I believe it's the bombardment of, of information, exposure to news. Um, when 
there's a terrorist attack or currently the pandemic, which is being encouraged almost by news outlets because they're getting enormous ratings. People are are forced to stay home and stay inside. And so they just continue to watch the news. I myself am also doing this. And so you're getting negative information constantly fed to you and you're getting it in almost real time. You're made aware of situations that are occurring within minutes. Whereas prior to the dawn of the internet, you may find out perhaps by the evening news or even later that something had happened. So I myself have taken um, a hiatus from social media. I'm very fortunate in that I have really strong discipline as far as just kind of eliminating things from my life that are perhaps not, um, that are not doing any good for me at that particular time. Or I just, it's just, uh, I need a break. So I, I got off social media for about six, seven months. I mentioned this in prior podcasts as well. Porn, I took a break from marijuana, you know, um, I'm, currently taking a hiatus from certain people that I grew up with in my life that I feel in some ways I've either outgrown or we're just, we're, we don't have the same interests. We're just not on the same vibe anymore. And it's important to be self-aware of your blind spots, where you fall victim or you're vulnerable to, um, you know, getting triggered, um, you know, lashing out. I, I also play a, a video game that I also took time off from. I think I stopped playing it once for about five years because um, I found myself falling victim to, um, you know, raging out and, and, and things like that. And uh, I started playing it again recently. And I noticed that we, this veil of anonymity allows people or um, compels people or, or gives them enough courage to say things that they wouldn't say in public, in school, to strangers or friends or family. But with the veil of the internet and the anonymity, they say such toxic things and social media companies although they're starting to reduce the number of you know um fake news and uh extreme left or extreme right narratives they still benefit from these toxic conversations because it just draws in more people which then draws in more people coming across the ads, which then incentivizes uh, these social media companies. And again, they don't need to do anything. People within themselves are producing the content for free. Essentially, these social media companies are making money off of anyone that's on social media, and you're not making anything. And a 
good percentage of you fall victim to being harmed by social media, by being triggered and having anxiety attacks and experiencing depression. Even if there are good posts that show a friend or family member enjoying themselves at a cottage by the lake with the sun out, holding a drink, can create anxiety or depression in people that perhaps are not there, um, like FOMO, right? And then you also have people that are trolls and that are posting negative things that also trigger people and make them upset. So in some ways, whether it's good or bad content, it could actually induce anxiety, depression, um, you know, loneliness, etc. The important thing in order to escape this is again, approaching social media like a tool, right? Connecting with your friends and family that you're unable to communicate with on a daily basis, or perhaps they're so busy, but you wanna know how they're doing and if they're okay. Or there's, you see smoke coming out from somewhere and it appears like there's a fire. You wanna find out what's going on. You can go to Twitter and uncover, oh, there was um, a fire that took place at like a homeless encampment or whatever, right? And so I would suggest asking yourself, can you separate yourself from social media for one hour, right? If you could not view, not look at any alerts, notifications from social media for one hour, can you do that, right? I would argue many of you cannot. I have um, a friend who I offered to take a break I suggested she take a break from social media and she sh she said that she simply wouldn't do that and it sounded as though she was putting it in a form of almost if I stop using social media then I I would I will admit that I have a problem with managing the amount of time I spend on social media when in reality social media wins in that situation right and I'm going to say that if you're able to remove yourself from social media for an hour or however long that's outside of your comfort zone, that in itself will likely produce a form of anxiety. And just like, like certain addictive drugs or prescription drugs, you're going to have a withdrawal period. We often associate addictions to uh, chemicals, but we often forget that psychologically we can have addictions. Marijuana, for example, is often associated with non-addictive compounds and chemicals, but yet I am aware of individuals who will experience some agitation, sometimes headaches, 
from simply not smoking marijuana for an extended period of time outside of their their norm. And it's a psychological addiction. And so a lot of people will argue, especially during this time where there's a lot of unrest. Well, how will I get my news? How will I be up to date with what I can do, what I can't do? Well, we survived without the internet. And so I implore you to take a break from social media and and put that time and energy into something that will alleviate your stress, alleviate your anxiety by exercising or reading or writing, journaling, um, giving yourself a massage, taking a bath, listening to the radio, listening to music, and not be distracted by anything else, putting all of your attention on the music. So ultimately, we need to really understand how to leverage social media as a tool versus um, a limb. Because we're so attached that we almost, there's strong evidence that people are losing sleep, which is then correlated to poor health, which is then correlated to um, negative impacts to mental health. So definitely consider taking a break from social media um, and understanding what your blind spots are, what your triggers are, and having contingencies in place that will divert you from your regular routine of going down a negative rabbit hole and, you know, changing that routine to something that's healthier. I would also recommend understanding the simple fact that the time you spend on social media is making enormous amounts of money for a select few people and you're not making any money. Now, for some of you that have monetized your social media, it's a business. It's fantastic. But there's a fine line where you're making money and it's a business and when you're also feeding into um the social media side of business and not falling victim to that, right? And not using that as an excuse that your business is based on social media because you know the truth. Um, let's see what we have here. Yeah, I pretty much covered all the points that I wanted to talk about as far as social media goes. Um, there's also a, a means of courtesy and etiquette I've noticed on social media where in which... I also fall victim to this as well, where if I receive a message from someone, um, I want to reply immediately. And if I don't receive a reply to my reply, I'm left questioning why this person messaged me to begin with. But that's just another form of the separation and the lack of communication getting lost in translation when you're communicating via digitally. Even text messages can be um, 
misunderstood context is not available. So there's so many there's so many ways where miscommunication can arise when it's on a digital platform. And I think what's important to know is that it's not has nothing to do with the other person. Everything has to do with you, right? My perception of a message that someone did not reply to has nothing to do with them because my problem with that situation arises from my own mind. That's my own problem. If I understand that that person is likely working because the message came at perhaps uh, 8.45 in the morning and it's now 9.30 or whatever the case is, if I'm not attached to that message, then I'm no longer vulnerable to having disillusioned thoughts or having assumptions. There's a book that I'm reading right now. It's called uh, The Four Agreements by Don, um, Don Miguel Ruiz. And he reveals um, ancient principles um, by the Toltecs. And just to save you the time, the four agreements or the four principles is be impeccable with your word. Don't make assumptions. Don't take things personally and always try your best. And I also believe that to be true. Oftentimes we put so much power and energy and emphasis on, on minute, unreasonable, meaningless things that ends up ruining our day or week or that plagues our mind for hours. And it has nothing to do with that other person. It has everything to do with us and how our mind operates. Our mind is constantly trying to sustain itself. It's constantly reminding you to eat. It's constantly reminding you to indulge. But when we overeat, and when we overindulge, we hurt ourselves. We hurt our body, but we do not hurt our minds. Our minds are designed to encourage this behavior because our ancestors didn't often have enough food. They lived with food insecurity. They didn't have the simple pleasures that we experience today. And so the little pleasures that they did receive, their mind would encourage that behavior. Unfortunately, our technology is moving faster than our mind or our brains are evolving. And therefore, when we are experiencing something good, our mind will continuously encourage that to the point of death sometimes. And in the end, we lose. Our mind doesn't experience any loss. So I apologize for the, the sirens. I'm in the city, so it happens from time to time. But in the end, if you're able to take a step back from social media, if you find yourself or question whether or not you're too attached, if you're able to do that, even that simple exercise of not being vulnerable to looking at your notifications or being or looking at your, your respective social media apps, it's a testament to the strength of you over your mind. Like, who's controlling who? Are you in control of your mind? Or is your mind in control of you? Are you in control of your habits? 
or your habits in control of you. And on that note, I'm going to end the episode. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll catch you next time.